Hey everyone, welcome to the Bursting the Bubble podcast. I am Pramit, joined as always by Andy, Rohit, and Ishis. Today we are coming at you with our very first NBA episode. Yes, we don't only talk about football. We also like basketball. Um, so we're going to talk about some of the recent NBA scrimmages, because you know the NBA is back. It's great to have live sports again. Uh, we'll talk about some injuries that have hit. Uh, we're going to talk about the tight race in the Western Conference for the eight seed. And finally, we'll talk about something that Rohit brought up about MVPs and a little different take on the most valuable player in the league. Uh, but before we start and uh, talk about that, let's go to the recent NBA scrimmages. Uh, there's been a lot of games recently in the bubble. Uh, the most recent one that has been getting a lot of attention is the Suns game where uh, Devin Booker hit a mean game winner, double-teamed over Paul George. And uh, one other guy. Who's the other guy? Kawhi. <laughs> Dude, it's Kawhi. Is it Kawhi? Oh, Damn. God. That's yeah. dirty. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, but yeah, there was a clip. The offseason. I was about to bring that up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, man, yes. you can't be double in an uh, open gym. Dude, and the thing is, Joking Noah's on the other oh, team. Yeah. Joking Noah's on the Clippers. Yeah. That was so funny to me. It's hilarious. Yeah. Book, I, I'm glad Booker uh, learned how to shoot over a double team. Yeah. It was a, it was an ugly shot. I think it was like a one-hand shot or something. It was a one-handed shot. Uh, PG, I think, I'm pretty sure he fouled him on his left hand, but... Man, that that photo of uh, Booker like lying down on the floor, yeah. satisfied. Yes. Oh, and the Suns just like changed all their profile pictures, like cover photos to that. That was great. That's cool. I I bet Paul George would call it a bad shot. That was a bad shot. <laughs> yeah. Paul George is like I don't know what it is with him and getting game winners shot <laughs> over him. Yeah. Poor man. I mean, he's a good defender, so he'll be on the best player. So yeah. you get confirmation bias there, but yeah. That's, that's it's fine. This is like the first moment where it really hit me like how surreal it is in the bubble. Because, dude, if that shot was made in a normal game, it would be crazy. Like, the stadium oh, yeah. would be going yeah, insane. Yeah. And the fact that yeah, I was, nothing I was changed. Watching this game, I was watching this game live. And then, like, the most of the announcers were doing, like, oh! But then, like, <laughs> yeah, it's... but then, like, if you see it in the actual NBA, like, you would, you would get so hyped. Because, like, the entire like if it was in Phoenix, obviously, like the entire crowd would be so hyped to see them beat the Clippers. Yeah. Right? Like no one would expect the Suns to beat the Clippers. Yeah. It, you just you just can't replicate it even with like virtual fans. Like what are the virtual fans going to do? Yeah, now? that's a little weird. I guess it's just a way for them. I think you have to buy a ticket or something. So NBA gets a little ticket revenue, you know. <laughs> um, I don't I don't think so. I think it was some Microsoft partnership where you just like sign up and as long as you're active or what like not doing anything offensive you just get on yeah i think if you go to nba cheer you can like cheer for your team or something if you click like the cheer button i don't it's know what so that does that's so weird it's like it's like twitch dude it's just it's so weird <laughs> yeah like watching this stuff is crazy uh yeah that was that was like the main highlight um Talk about TJ Warren, dude. TJ Warren's been on a tear. Yes. What a guy, man. He came out of nowhere. Uh, all I know about him. I honestly I would not say him. he has come out of nowhere. I didn't know much about um, him personally. He was on the Suns before. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Suns, he, uh, him and Marquise Chris were both on the Suns. I really liked them when they were on the Suns, but you know the Suns ha- are, are ne- not necessarily the greatest at player development and. I think they traded him. Uh, sorry, he, they traded T.J. Warren and like cash consi- for like cash considerations yep. or whatever. Yeah. And um, how old is T.J. You know, Warren? He, I'm just curious. 
I think he's pretty young. Um, I thought he was like a journeyman, like, honestly. He's 26. That's, he's 26. That's probably a journeyman by yeah, NBA that's, standards, that's really honestly. He's <laughs> probably been around for a while. That's true. But yeah, yeah just uh, some numbers on his tear. He is in the bubble currently. Uh, he's had three straight 30-point games. So in the bubble, he has had 119 points with one turnover. Uh, 40 points per game, five rebounds per game. Um about three uh, assists, two blocks, and two steals on sixty-five percent shooting. Fifty-three point game against the Sixers, and they need and they they need it. I think the Pacers, you know, they they they're lacking uh, Oladipo at full strength, and they need someone to kind of keep the team together. And if they can get that secondary yeah. threat, if you guys remember the last time the Pacers were like really good in the playoffs, they played LeBron and the Cavs, and their strat was to just blitz Oladipo, and they had no secondary playmaker, or secondary shot maker. So they kind of just yeah. fell apart. And they still took they still took LeBron to seven. They still took LeBron to seven games, exactly. but if the, now they have that secondary playmaker, you never know. Maybe maybe the Pacers make some noise. Who else is on their roster? Um, they got oh something interesting actually. Uh, they have three TJs on their team: TJ McConnell, TJ Leaf, and TJ Wolf. That is fascinating. That's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. That's fascinating. That's like the Grizzlies and their J guys. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, Jonas, Jaren. Uh, Justice, Justice. Well, so they have Malcolm Brogdon. So. Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon. I think that's another good, yeah. a good pickup for them. I, I really like that pickup. Yeah, yeah we'll see. That's uh, yeah. He's been on a tear. Uh, speaking of a tear, I don't know if you can call it a tear, but uh, Michael Porter Jr. One game tear. He had a, he had a one game tear. Yeah. One game tear of thirty seven points. Yeah. Uh, thirty seven points and twelve rebounds. I want to say, which is, uh, the most points. Re- uh, some NBA stat said this is the first time and a Nuggets rookie has had 30 plus points and 10 plus rebounds since Carmelo Anthony in 2003. Ah. Um, <laughs> I can also say it's probably the I first time it. a Nuggets rookie had 30 and 10 in, inside the bubble. So uh, there the we bubble. go. <laughs> Speaking of cherry yeah. pick stats. Uh, but but this, is, this is showing why Michael Porter Jr. was projected to be a lottery pick before he injured himself in college. Um, he was the consensus number one high school prospect coming out of Nathan Hale High School in Washington. Um, and a, a lot of teams passed on him because of back injuries, rightfully so, since back injuries tend to linger a lot more than other injuries. I think the and Clippers passed on him to... twice. Clippers had two first-round oh, really? picks, and they passed on him twice. And they cut one of the first. One of them was Shea, Shea Gilgis Alexander, so I guess that's excused. Yes. But the other one, I think yeah. they've already cut him, so it's kind of a shame. Yeah. Uh, I'm very, I'm still very surprised that he fell down to 14, 14, 14 to end, yeah. end of the lottery. Man, the Nuggets got a steal. Nuggets got some. And speaking talent. of the Nuggets, yeah. uh, the Nuggets are have a very interesting roster construction. Um, I believe in the first game of, or maybe the first scrimmage, they they trotted out a very unorthodox lineup in with Jokic at the point guard, like Millsap at the shooting guard, Bull Bull at small forward. <laughs> Like, uh, maybe Michael Porter Jr. was playing. No, I don't think uh, he no, was. No, it was Jeremy. It was Jerry and Grant. Jeremiah. Jeremiah Grant. Jeremy. Jeremiah Grant. Jeremy. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yeah. I thought I thought it was Jeremy Grant. Anyway, and his then, name ends with an I. It's weird. Yeah. Okay. That's a big lineup. Yeah, I I think the Nuggets have a lot of untapped potential currently. Um, I I don't think it's going to allow for them to be contenders this year. Uh, with the powerhouses that you have right now, but. I certainly see a lot of hope for them. They're uh, young. In the future. They're very young. Yeah, they're very young. And yeah, they're but, willing to experiment, um, which I always like to see as an NBA fan. You know, it's fun to see these wonky lineups 
they put him in and they, they like the Rockets, what the Rockets are doing right now, man. That that is just fun yeah. basketball. This watch. is like a reverse Rockets situation. It's a reverse Rockets. Yeah. Imagine a Rockets yeah. versus Nuggets playoffs. What would what would even happen? They put Bobo on Russell happen. Westbrook and they'd have like a legit matchup. <laughs> My God, that would be fun. I just think I think so I think the passing play. ability of Jokic and like the point guardness of such a big man affords them that that fun creativity. I think yeah. it's cool though. It's it's so cool yeah. to watch. Jokic it. is definitely definitely a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about Jokic later on in this show. Yes. But Jokic is ah oh man, he's he's I I love that a guy with his body can do the things that he can do. It's just <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I mean we saw like. Slim Jokic during the off season or not the off season during the hiatus. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like it hasn't reflected on the court. I think he's has he's still been the same, same uh, guy. chubby guy yeah. he's always been. Same yeah. plotting center. Yeah. <laughs> plotting is <laughs> a perfect <laughs> word for him. It, it just works. Yeah. He just bodies everyone. He just moves people out of the way. Yeah. Great to watch. All right. Um. Any other points you want to talk about? Uh, Luca had a huge game recently. He had a 34 point, 20 rebound, 12 assist game. Mm. Oh, that's uh, a good Luka player. Luca thinks. Yeah, Luka that is a good Luka player things. indeed. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the the Mavs themselves have not been great. Yeah. That was their first win, actually. They. Yeah, I was actually looking the, into the Mavs. The They're just really, really bad in clutch situations, and I know that's like kind of hard to quantify, but like. All, all throughout the season, I think they've been last or second to last in close games, as defined by some website. My bad, but they, they this is like the first time they won an overtime game in like a really long time. So maybe maybe they're putting it together, clutch Luca. So uh, hopefully they'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wa- I watched the end of that uh, Mavs Kings game. That that was not pretty. I feel like uh, they, every every the game with the... the Mavs comes down to the wire, and you can't have that if you want to be a real contender. Yeah. Uh, their first game was against the Rockets. That was the uh, defenseless 153 to 149 match yep. uh, in one overtime. And then I think recently on Sunday they played against the Suns. Um, as we mentioned before, the Suns were three and zero, and they barely lost to the Suns at 115-117. So. Uh, some of that non-clutch time performance coming into account here, or coming into play here. Yep. Uh, what else? Ishis, LeBron has a gray beard now. Yes. How do you is. feel? Um, a resident Lakers fan. Yeah. Excuse thoughts me, on the LeBron beard? fan. On the Lakers, on how the they beard. performed. On the Lakers, on the beard, on LeBron, on everything. I mean, they're just going through the motions right now. I don't think they have really any pressure into the playoff start. As long as they secure, yeah. I mean, they already got the first seed, so like, yep. it's pretty much done. Uh, AD had a huge game, didn't he? AD's been having huge days. I, I, it's, I think yeah. it's because LeBron is deferring to AD, trying to get maybe people that aren't as acclimated with the system as he is, like J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters, this entire cast of memes that they have on their roster. The cast Just trying to, trying to get them all acclimated and make sure that there's no more blunders like game one of the 2018 NBA Finals. And J.R. Smith. Oh, that was a great game. That was a great blunder. But, um, yes. Did you know, like, for celebrities, they always have those people that just follow them around and they just get paid just to, like, be near them? Kendrick like, Perkins. groupies. <laughs> yeah. I feel like J.R. is that guy for LeBron. Like, he's just yeah. in the vicinity <laughs> of him. So pretty just... good, bro. I think Jarrett's good. Yes, but he doesn't deserve to be, you know. Yeah, if, you, if you're a friend of LeBron in this league, you'll have a job. Yeah, where, like, like, Kendrick Perkins literally just hopped on LeBron's coattails for, like, a couple seasons, and now he's an NBA personality. 
Like, who's taking oh my what God. ethos? Don't get me started with Kendrick Perkins takes. What ethos <laughs> oh does Kendrick Perkins God. speak with? He's just he's just an angry an angry. Uh, he's just an angry guy. He's making these takes, and it's clearly that he's making them from LeBron's camp, and he would not have a job if he did not sit on the bench for one year on the NBA Finals. All right, man, don't you don't you, you don't want to get you don't want to get Perkins angry though, man. Perk, we don't want to make Perk. him an enemy of the Perk, show. I know you're listening. <laughs> Come see me, bro. <laughs> oh, Dude, any of his takes on Twitter, the automatic first reply is like him, like him, like doing the Shaq Nicole moment where he does like nine steps, or like <laughs> airballing, airballing like a floater. Oh, Dude, this, this guy cannot. Like I'm, he I'm all for former players getting jobs in the media, but like at least like Dwayne Wade, you know that's fine, that's great, that's a that's an icon, you know he speaks, he's a championship content, uh, top of the league, championship pedigree. But Kendrick Perkins, really NBA, you couldn't do any better than that. Come on, man, it's a shame. It's like uh, what's his face, Ryan Hollins, right? I don't know who he's that also, is, dude. That was so bad, dude. Like he's got some, uh, he's got some takes, and it also like you question like. I have I absolutely like, no I, idea who this guy is. Dude, no, like, um, he's like a, he was, like, he's just a, a scrub. Like, he didn't even, he barely played, but, like, he's in the NBA, so he thinks he's, like, the shit. Um, I mean, he's a huge I mean, LeBron fan, but some of the stuff he says is just, like, I can't even, like, fathom that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just too much. Like, I, I think mean, he was on, he was on first take, and he said, um, he was talking with, like, Shaq, and <laughs> Shaq's, like, he's, like, oh, LeBron's the greatest player of, of all time, and Shaq's, like, you're just going to diss Kobe and, you know, MJ like that? And he's like, eh, <laughs> with a straight face, he's like, MJ cannot fill the same, the same shoes as LeBron James. Wow. Like, on national television. Oh, on national television. <laughs> he really did that. MJ took, a per- MJ took that person. Yeah. Came back. MJ uh, possessed TJ Warren's body to lead the Pacers mm. in the East. MJ Warren. MJ Warren. <laughs> yes. Excellent. All right. All right, <clears throat> so that's a bit of news on the recent games that have been going on. Uh, now let's talk about something less fun. There's been a few injuries to key players. Uh, we can start off with Jamal Crawford. Um, about as low stakes of an injury. Yeah, he pulled his hamstring. Um, but the Nets are 1-0 and when Jamal Crawford plays in the bubble. So something to keep an eye on if he comes back. <laughs> I, can't even keep come a, back. I can't even keep a straight face. The Nets aren't doing anything. <laughs> Uh, Jamal, another J man, Jonathan Isaac from the Magic. He tore his ACL uh, yesterday, I believe. Yeah, yesterday with the hop yeah. step. Yeah, I think that was yesterday. Yeah, that was that was yeah. I was I saw a video of that. Yeah. That was I saw a side by too. side with his hop step and Derrick Rose's hop with step. Derrick Rose's. Yeah. Hop. So Andy, speaking as the only basketball player here, have you ever done a hop step and? I what have done a hop, hop step, steps? and I I am glad to report I have never had an ACL injury because of it. Uh, actually, the injury what occurred on Sunday, so it didn't change much. But I mean, uh, there's not much to talk about here. Uh, he got he got injured. Um, he uh, maybe a little bit about Jonathan Isaac. Uh, he was actually a very good defensive player for yeah. the Magic this year. Um, I I want. I somehow watched some of the Magic games, Magic games this year, and yeah, he was he was doing pretty well, very switchy. Um, you know, the Magic loved their forwards, so hopefully they can plug another one of them right in. But 
Like honestly, they're going to be playing the Bucks. They're going to be playing the Bucks anyway, so there's not much. Hope. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was he was uh, hurt before this too, right? He, yeah. He was coming off an injury. I don't think it was as serious, was like, but yeah. Yeah, it wasn't as serious, but he was like getting better, and then uh, he got hurt again. Yeah, yeah that's that's unfortunate. Uh, he was a f- what number six pick in the 2017 draft. Uh, just haven't seen him put it together. Yeah, I think he was start- definitely starting to show signs of potential this this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually only 22 right now, which is yeah. very young. Yeah. Um, he has a lot of years ahead of him. I, I definitely can see him blossoming into a defensive player of the year. Maybe if he gets his offensive game up, um, very, a la very comparable. <laughs> a la Kawhi. Yeah, but yeah. He's, he's had a few injuries now, though, right? Like his, yeah. He's only been in the league for, what, three years? And he's already mm-hmm. had an injury-plagued career. Um, I feel like that's got to factor into how much you think he can grow as a player, you know? Yeah, injuries definitely, definitely can take a toll on some some players' careers, which is unfortunate. Yeah. All right. Um, the next more uh most prevalent injury came from uh my team. I'm a I'm a Grizzlies fan. I like Jaw. I like the team they put together. But uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. tore his meniscus. And he and kept playing. That is, and yeah. He kept playing. Kept so playing, he... but that is a crushing blow. A crushing blow to an already reeling team. Um, I don't know. I, I We're going to talk about this in just a minute, about the 8th seed and uh, the teams that are in contention for that 8th seed in the West. But this is just like... It's it's just super unfortunate because this team was putting something together that was really really fun to watch, really special. And Jaron Jackson was a pretty big part of that. He had his uh, big man who could shoot. Uh, it's uh, he's over forty he percent from three, so he's definitely yeah. a valuable piece. Yeah, definitely, and... definitely important if the Grizzlies were going to make the playoffs. And technically, they still can, but it, this is going to be pretty. It's, it's going to be even harder if they do. Yeah, yeah. pretty rough. Speaking All of right. roads to the eighth seed, let's talk about it. Yeah, let's, let's talk start, about. It. Let's start about maybe the at the bottom of the teams with a chance with the Kings. Currently yeah, let's start with the Kings. Twenty-eight and thirty-nine, which is uh, what three and a half games back. Yeah, Four? I think they are. Uh, yeah, three and a half. Three and a half games. Um, yeah, I mean the Kings. I, I like their roster construction. I think they have some very promising pieces. Um, they're, they're also very young, like Darren Fox, Buddy Heald, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, let's see, Harry Giles. It's, it's a lot of talent out there. And um, in 2018, I want to say, before Luke Walton came, they were like running gun. Like, I, I believe the couple games with the – they had four games with the Warriors yeah, that year. Um, you know about the 2018 Warriors. And uh, they were able to keep up with the Warriors pretty – pretty well uh i think all games were decided within like five points and the whole the total point differential was like 12 at most like i really like the king's um running gun type of type of play but once luke walton came like they they just stopped and um, he's been benching buddy healed a little too much for as good of a shooter as he is and shooting is a skill that is always in need and but Be- Be- buddy Hill has not been getting crunch time minutes even in close games that's just unacceptable if you have your best shooter on the bench Regardless, you can, as a good coach, you should be able to, even if he has defensive issues, you got to mask that to get your best shooter on the, on the field. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I just I just don't really like the way they play now. They're just they're stop pick and roll whatever like. That's not Darren Fox's honestly, strength. Yeah, it's not Darren. It's not the team's strength at all. Like they have so many athletic people. Like I, I feel like the only the only two people who who might struggle a little bit are Bogdan and Nemanja Bjelica. But like even even those guys, they can they can keep up with it pretty well. They were doing pretty well back in twenty eighteen. So. Uh, I, I honestly don't see the Kings doing any anything better unless Luke Walton decides to instill some Steve Kerr-like offense. Or, you know, uh, they need a run-and-gun offense to be able to maximize their whole potential. And they won't be able to do this in the next five games that they have. So yeah. th- I don't think there's any way they're making the playoffs, as much as I like the talent that they have. So you think that next... So it's it's mainly a coaching problem with this team. I I definitely think it's a coaching problem. So next next um, year, if they decide to change coach, move on to someone else, um, do you think the talent on this team is enough to take them to a playoff spot next year? Next year, that's a the good West question. West is stacked, um, man. I, it's super stacked. Yeah, the West th- is that's so the thing stacked. is, like this West is so stacked. Like, who do you take off from what we already have? Like, I I can see them sneaking into the A seed. But then, like I can see the Jazz you know, falling off. Honestly. Yeah, the West is just. Oh my God, how, I don't know how you like. It, it just like a meddling team in the West, like you can't do well at all. Yeah. It's it's so hard. They're like a eight eight seven or eight seed in the uh, in the East though. Yeah. And this yeah, goes back to proper coaching. Maybe even better, honestly. This goes back to another thing that we were talking about, an NFL parallel with these teams that are just kind of stuck in um, no man's land. They're not bad enough to tank, and they're not good enough to, you know, do anything. And uh, even when they were bad, you know, they didn't really take advantage of their number two overall draft selection, instead picking Marvin Bagley over <laughs> Luka, oh, Jared, Trey, Jared oh, Jackson. My Many good players. I mean, you didn't even mention Marvin Bagley in your rundown of the Kings' notable players, and that, that says all it needs to. So, I mean, I don't see a future for the Sacramento Kings, but whatever. Keep in mind, next year for the playoff spot, uh, a little team called the Warriors is going to be back. So, uh, so that's oh, another yes. playoff spot. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, that will be that will be great. Dude, to watch in the West, I don't think there's a single team that like I can definitely say is just terrible. Like all the teams are like only the T Wolves. No, but, like they still have um, Towns and oh, D'Lo, yeah, and, D'Lo, D'Lo yeah. and Towns. Yeah. Yeah, the West or the West is just. Like if you good. go to like the East, you're like you can say like the Bulls, the Cavs, the Cavs, the yeah. Knicks. Man, like. I forgot the Cavs existed. Wow. Yeah, like I don't even know what they're doing. Yeah, the Cavs are. Yeah, the Cavs LeBron there. left. Like Charlotte, like what is going on? Yeah, the bottom five. Man, honestly, bottom six. You know, that's a, those are some poor teams. Yeah. All right, let's move up one to the Suns. Yep. They are uh, currently what twenty nine and thirty nine, so half games. a game ahead of the Kings. Three games back total. Yeah, they are back from the eight. undefeated in the bubble, three and zero, with the aforementioned game winner over these two seed Clippers. Um, I don't know. Do you guys think they have a real shot over the teams ahead of them? I think it's fun to pretend that they do. That's always fun. I think yeah. like yeah, they, the way I mean they've been playing like, pretty well. Obviously the, yeah, they've been playing well. Obviously, they've gotten defeated, and I feel like it's it's fun to root for like a crazy story happening, especially in a in like a in the bubble, right? If they're gonna have this whole uh, the playoff to get this eight seed, um, so I feel like the path. I mean, like it, 
so the one thing about basketball is like there's so there's a lot of games and it always ends up feeling like the better team is the one that wins yeah unlike in football where it's like random and stuff right i feel like the bubble and having these short games has introduced this um this version of just randomness that makes it super fun to watch like way more fun to watch than how it normally would be Um, i think i would draw a parallel to march madness actually yeah exactly uh because it's just best of ones and like it's similar to the nfl like we were just talking about like Anything could happen in a one-game series. Yeah. Um, like, and obviously you, this like, isn't one, but it's it's small. Every enough game matters so much more. Happen. Every game matters yeah. so much yeah. more, especially in this race for the eight seed. It's it's essentially like a regular season in the NFL, which is very competitive, very fun. Like the regular season in the NBA, I think suffers ratings-wise and interest-wise. It's very long. It doesn't really matter for the teams at the top, um, and yeah. the, the the players at the top know it doesn't really matter for the teams at the top. So like the LeBrons, the Warriors, when they were good, they just coast through the regular season, and that makes for a worse basketball product. But now, when you shorten the season, make every game count more, obviously in an unfavorable way with coronavirus and everything, but the unintended side effect is that we get more interesting games, and I think that's great. Yeah, I remember the first couple games of even the scrimmages. Uh, they were very competitive. Uh, I'd say, honestly, a bit more competitive than what you see around this time Everyone's of year. Everyone's healthy. For... Yeah, exactly. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's motivated. Um, there's there's just a lot to play for, and everyone everyone wants to get better. Uh, try to get try to uh, get ready for the playoffs. It's gonna be really interesting to see how the playoffs go, considering there is no home court advantage. So like, there's no excuse at this point. Like, whenever you play another team, it's just seven games in like the same court. So yeah, that that is a shame for teams that are on the upper end of the bracket. Though you know they worked hard. Right, but they're still playing easier teams, though, so I think. But uh, I feel like home court advantage is a huge deal in the playoffs. Yeah, no, in, definitely. I'm all sports, and they'd be missing out on that. Um, yeah, and also having an eight seed, like let's 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 just entertain the hypothetical since we're talking about the Suns. Uh, if the Suns can somehow surge their way to the eight seed, dude, that would be a spooky team to play in the playoffs for sure. I mean, given granted they're facing the Lakers, and I'm like the Lakers are. I, I would be more play. scared to play other teams ahead of them than playing the Suns. I'm not yeah, scared Yeah, okay, of the Suns. so 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 that's yeah, but let's not well I guess in that case it's not really about the Suns. It's about it goes back to the format, right? Like any team that gets this eight seed, um, especially on the lower end of this of this bracket, like the Suns, the Pelicans, Oh, they'll have some magic with them. They, yeah, it's like it's like the magic. They feel like they got away with something, right? And they're they were able to get story. There. There's nothing so, scarier than a team on a run. Exactly. Like the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Another NFL parallel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the one the one thing holding that back is at the end of the day, it is a seven game yeah, series. Yeah, you can make some against uh, LeBron. Momentum is ho- can you imagine LeBron. if LeBron loses a seven game series to the, <laughs> to the Suns? Suns? To Devin Booker. Oh, Dude, imagine if they lose to the Pelicans. <laughs> That'd be so hype. Dude, if they lose to the Brandon Ingram led Pelicans, dude. To the Zion-led Pelicans, put some respect on his name. No, but dude, did like all the players they've traded away come back and just take them Oh out. my god. Lonzo Ball is great. Lonzo Ball is like throwing dimes, like shooting yeah. threes and making them all. Lonzo Ball is like locking down. LeVar is like on like... LeBron. LeVar is <laughs> losing his mind on the coach. I told you all, I told you all this would happen. I called it. <laughs> I, oh yeah, perfect. The Pelicans are next. I mean, up since on the we, yeah, okay. Like, I, there's nothing else to really say about the Suns. Um, I mean, their um, their schedule well. is pretty tough, though. Uh, 
the Pelicans yeah. or the, the Suns? Suns the Suns, the Suns. Um, okay, the Suns. Yeah, I remember at the beginning of the year, the Suns started off like four and two. I was like, everyone yeah, was like, yeah. oh, like, are, are they going to be contenders now? And then they weren't. Um, yeah, yeah no, but um, they're playing the Pacers, the Heat, the Thunder, the 76ers, and then the Mavs. Okay, I mean, so, I mean, I don't see any wins yeah, there, like a, but... That's a, yeah. They that's have been surprising. Schedule. Yeah. I think if they can continue the magic, who knows? They who are knows? in Disney. They Disney are, magic. Nice. And their last two games have been 117 to 115. Mm. Just a little interesting tidbit there for you. I love tidbits. Yep. All right, now let's move on to uh, the probably the most hyped team. The most fun team. This group. Of this group. Watching um, the Pelicans is just so much fun. Yeah. Like, it, 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 I've been watching the Pelicans. I mean, I, I'm 100% a Zion lover, man. Watching that guy is just so much fun to see him break physics and everything. It's just unreal the what, what he does with his body and his explosiveness. But I'm sure everyone already knows that. Uh, I think the interesting point for them here is that they have the easiest schedule by far. I think all their opponents from here on out are under 500. Uh, they play some pretty easy teams compared to everyone else, so they have a pretty easy road to the eighth seed if they want to take it. Zion's minutes have been going up, and uh, hopefully, as a basketball fan, we get to see more Zion. Yeah, so the schedule, uh, they're playing the Kings twice, uh, the Wizards, Sick. Uh, the Spurs, and the Magic. So uh, I don't know, man. It looks pretty, pretty yeah, enticing. The, the path to the eighth seed, I think, is... Very, it's very, very there. doable. They're only they're two and a half games back right now. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think probably the more important thing we should be talking about is the ninth seed right now because that grants them eligibility mm. to even play for the eighth seed. Yep. Right, right. Um, of course, like getting into the eighth seed is like also important, but like you still have that fallback. I think yeah, and, I think we're all in agreement that there is going to be a play-in tournament no matter what. These teams yeah, are just yeah, too close. Definitely. Definitely in the West, yeah. Wait, so um, um, some teams have like more games played than others. How does that factor into this? Like that, that goes halves. What do you mean? Yeah, that that's why. Um, so the like for example, the uh, the Suns are twenty nine and thirty nine, and the Pelicans are twenty nine and thirty eight. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're half game up. Uh, so if they lose their next game, they'll be in the same record. If they win their next game, they'll be a whole game up. Oh, so, okay. They just yeah, everyone same. everyone's playing the same. Yeah, it'll be the same number of games. Eventually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people want to say like, "Oh, the NBA uh, just wants Zion in the uh, in this playoffs." You can count me as a lot of people because that is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, but um, I will say that uh, like before the whole season ended, uh, the Pelicans actually had one of the easiest schedules down like later like after the. Or sorry, they they already had one of the easiest schedules like down the road. So, um, I I think this is just a reflection of that. Like, you, obviously, you don't want to give them um a hard schedule when they've already had like I think one of the hardest schedules like up to the date where the season ended. Yeah. So uh, I won't necessarily say it's just because they want him in the playoffs. Uh, there's definitely some like they definitely do want Zion in the playoffs for ratings, but like I don't think you can chalk that chalk it up to that entirely. Um, because it's it's just reflective of what their remaining schedule was. That's fair. So I, I will make that point, yeah. That's a good point, Andy. Tell those haters. Yeah. I just think this team is equipped yeah. to, to, to win in multiple ways. Like, they have they have an unstoppable post threat. They have a, a, a pass-first point guard. They have a, a, a walking bucket in Brandon Ingram. 
and they have shooters with JJ Redick. And like that's a it's a pretty those are pretty varied ways to win, especially in these like tight tight games. Zion showed he could close out a game with a couple of pretty impressive late time late buckets. I think he had two two field goals made, a couple free throws down the stretch. He can get a bucket. Brandon we already know can get a bucket. So I think this is a very well constructed team, and they can they have they're in a position to make some serious noise. Yeah, Ned would mention uh. Uh, Drew Holiday. Oh wow! Oh yeah, yeah. Drew Holiday is also he's a probably baller. one of probably the best set, tied with Brandon Ingram for now, uh, like a best player in the on the team. He's a very good defender. Um, I, there was that once that one series against the against the Warriors that he um kind of slowed down Durant. Uh, I think that speaks volumes to how the Blazers good too of a when they swept the Blazers. Yeah, he shut yeah, down yeah. Dame. him and AD just just shut shut down the the great backcourt in in Portland. Yeah, so they got they got defense. They have explosive, fun watch players. I think, I think in terms of who do you want to be the eighth seed? I oh think yeah, most people want the Pelicans. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Yes. Now that the Grizzlies are like are missing, hey man, um, don't count them out yet. Don't <laughs> count them out yet. Grit and grind. <laughs> This isn't a grit and grind. Team. I know it's not a grind, but it's, it's entrenched in the in the culture, my man. Yeah. Honestly, um, on paper this roster looks really nice, but I was just expecting a little bit more from the team in terms of like playing fast paced and attacking. I mean, they haven't enemy. had they haven't had one of their most dynamic weapons in Zion for many minutes at all okay. this season. When yeah. they when after Zion had played like for a couple games, like he he had played 18 games on his way back, they were really gelling. Yeah, this team was like really starting to hit its stride, and then obviously everything got shut down. And this is a very young team, so you know they're not necessarily experienced. Um, things like uh, unforeseen circumstances can really shake this team, so maybe they just need a little bit more time to get back on track. Again, they probably don't have the luxury of time, so they have to grow up fast. But this is a young team, so give us some give us some benefit of the doubt. Fair. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to the next team, team that always somehow finds its way into playoff contention. Uh, the Spurs are currently 29 and 37, so they are two games back from the eight seed. They're half a game back from the nine. Uh, um, are they half a game back? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Half a game back from the nine seed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, what, what do you all I think? think notable, Spurs? notable. Uh, things that happened they're not playing with LaMarcus Aldridge anymore he's been off for the season so I think what has happened is they've been forced to rely on their youth and with their youth they become completely unpredictable and Greg Popovich has had some time to you know scheme those guys up coach those guys up really well and I think one of the big problems with the Spurs at least this season from what I had been following them is that you knew what they were going to do with with two well-established players like DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge running that offense but now they have young players like Derek White, Dejounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, a bunch of bunch of young, explosive players that can really do do some interesting things with the ball. So they've completely changed their identity, and and for a team that doesn't really change its identity, I think it's a great move for them to show that they can uh, really adapt in the changing climate. Yeah, uh, one of the other younger guys is Keldon Johnson. Right, he's the. Uh... Yeah, Keldon Johnson. Yeah, Keldon Johnson. Um, yeah, I mean, the team. I I don't know much about the Spurs. Um, I do know that like, 
in terms of like you were saying when you have DeRozan and and LMA um it seems kind of like you know exactly what's going to happen um but it looks like having a uh, Walker and uh looks like Johnson is also a pretty big guy who's a young guy who's uh, playing a big part in their team right now um and obviously you have Popovich who's going to be able to get the best out of his players um I feel like they're just a solid team that I would not be surprised at all. I would not be they, surprised at all if they if they if get they the nine seed. They yeah. just don't make the small mistakes, uh, and they 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 luck not even luck their way. They let everyone else around them make mistakes, like the Blazers and the Pelicans, get their way to the nine seed, and then beat the beat the Grizzlies. I totally see that happening. Or whoever's in eight. Yeah. 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 Wait. So how does the plane work again? I mean, if the nine seed is within three games of the eight seed, there is a play-in tournament. I'm not exactly sure about the specifics. Is it a best of seven series, Andy? It is a double elim tournament for the eight seed and a single elimination tournament for the uh, ninth seed. So, uh, best of, uh, so let's see. So the ninth seed has to win two games in a row, and the eight seed has to win two out of three games. Yeah. Not two games in a row. They just have to win. Oh, I guess. It's just, yeah. it's just a best of three, uh, right? The ninth seed is single. Oh, right, right. right. So yeah, so they have to win two You have to win both games. Oh, okay. Right. That's interesting. All right. Uh, anything else on Spurs? No. I think this is the year they're... Playoff. 22 years. Long-ass streak. Playoff winning streak <laughs> Long is ass. coming to the end. Yeah. I think they're... I love Greg Popovich as a coach, but... I just don't see enough talent. I don't see them gelling quick enough to be able to make up the those games. It's not too many games. Yeah. It, a couple it's, games. It's they only okay, honestly. But, but I, see, I see the Pelicans coming up and um and and like surpassing those other teams. So that's that's mainly why I I don't think they're going to make the playoffs even as the ninth seed or they're not going to make the ninth seed. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the current nine seed, and that is the Blazers, Portland Trail Blazers, currently at thirty-one and thirty-eight. Um, they still got Dame, they still got McCollum. They have Mello. They got Mello. Mello, he's actually he's doing super things quick. right. Honestly, I'm really happy for him. He got to play against the Rockets today, and uh, I was talking with some of my other friends, and they were like, "Imagine what it must feel like to be a ten-time All Star and just be like." one of the legends of the game, and just to be cut by the Rockets. Granted, he was not playing very well at all, but just to be cut unceremoniously, dumped on the street, and then he goes and signs with the Blazers, gets himself back in shape, and now he's making some big-time shots. Uh, I think it's a good story for the league. Uh, people always like to see a comeback story, so I think it's fun to watch. And the Blazers are a gangster team in general. So, yep. They are the uh, tallest team in the NBA? They are the tallest right? team in the NBA, yes. Yeah. Like the tallest starting lineup. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I, mean, a, I think a lot of people forget that this this team made the Western Conference Final last year. I mean, they did get swept, but that was the Warriors. So, this is a team that I think, um, they their window is a lot longer than people may imagine. I just read today that McCollum and Damian Lillard are both signed to the team throughout through twenty twenty three. And Damian Lillard is signed through 2024. So these guys are committed. There's no, at least as of right now, there's no talk about them bouncing to go make a super team. Now, as morally admirable as that may be, 
Um, that may not be the best in terms of championship chasing, but I think this is it's it's a good it's a good team. I think they have a good shot. Yeah, it's a good team. I just do you think they're ever gonna? I think they have. Like, I, you... I, they're my uh, they're my uh, logical pick for getting that playoff spot. I think they have the nice mix of being a veteran team enough to adjust to this kind of thing, and also have the offensive firepower and just being a talent across the board to get into that eight seed and keep it there. So, and they're also the closest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But do you think that they'd actually win? Do you no, think they no, could no, do no. anything in the playoffs? No. 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 Not not this year. Do you think not with the Lakers? Yeah. I honestly don't think any of these. Yeah, that was gonna be the next question. If I, do you think um, any of these guys if I was the Lakers, play? I would not. I would not want the Blazers. Like that would be the last team that I would want. Honestly, I wouldn't want to play the Pelicans, bro. I mean, the Blazers have experience. The Pelicans are like none of them have even played in the playoffs. I'm honestly not too scared of the Pelicans in the playoffs. Right like, now. explain me a situation where experience. where the Pelicans win that series. Uh, everything, Joe. So, so you you think you think that. So you just you you would rather you fear the experience of what having like veterans. Yeah, I mean, and Damien can get Damien's like a, he's like a really good player. Like, okay. yes, he is. As you could, as you could tell from last um year, I mean, the Blazers can do damage in the playoffs. Against but their damage, their damage came against the Nuggets, the Thunder. I mean, the Thunder were a good team. Thunder were good, and the Nuggets were really good too. So I mean. But the, those are like regular season threats, you know. They're not not huge threats. I, I, no, no I mean, obviously, I don't think they're going to beat the Lakers. Obviously, they're probably not. But out of all these teams, they have probably have the best chance. I think just because the Pelicans are the largest unknown, I'd give them the better shot. I feel like the Blazers are a very known team. You know what but they like, want to do. You know what their weaknesses are. You know what their strengths are. Like, what are the Pelicans' weaknesses and strengths? It's unknown. They don't even know. So if they yeah, don't know like, what they're weak at, if, then you can't know what they're weak at. It's always been my philosophy. It's like half their starting lineup hasn't played in a playoff game yet. I highly doubt they would do good against the mind of LeBron James. Like the mind of LeBron James is a daunting opponent to be to be the fair. Mind and the beard, the gray beard. Yes. Honestly, All I right. um I don't know why the Blazers fell this low. If they just fell off, or because they had a lot of uh, players leave. Um, leave the season, yeah. Like Nurkic was injured for the entire season. Okay. But he's back now. Uh, he's back now. Nurkic yeah, back. he's back now. Um, Dame was like single-handedly carrying them well. in January. He was dropping like 40, 50 point oh, games yeah. in January. Yeah, if anyone anyone forgot before the season stopped, like he was constantly dropping like 40, 50 points. It was amazing to watch. I think he had like a 50 point game against the Lakers. Nope. Um, Not a whole lot was, of wins. He was though. so hot. Not a whole lot of wins. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can blame him for that, yeah. though. All right, let's, but now uh, the Blazers are healthy, so yeah, that's we'll the thing. They're, they they're healthy, noise. so yeah, that, that's yeah. each's thing, right? Healthy and they have experience, so uh, it's a fair point. Uh, speaking of healthy, let's and speaking of that's, speaking of that's lack not of healthy, health, lack of health and lack of experience. Let's go to the exactly. Grizzlies. <laughs> let's go to the Grizzlies. So they're currently the eight seed. They were holding it down, man. They were holding they're it down. Holding it down. Uh, they're currently 32 and 36, and it's not looking good. They're on. A, they're um, they're winless in the bubble. 0 and 4. Yeah, winless in the bubble. They lost their second best player, and like, Jaws a G, dude. He's crazy. But they need, they need Jaron Jackson. Yeah. Um, and I, it just sucks, cause like they were, I feel like because. Okay, maybe it's because Zion wasn't playing for a while, um, for like most of the season. But I think during the regular season, um, 
Jaw was clearly well. I, I clearly think he's a rookie of the year. I think most people will agree with that. Um, but I think he was he like the way that he was able to elevate the energy of the team and just the way usher, that usher just, them into the new era. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. It kind of showed like okay, this is no longer what the Zach Randolph, uh, Mike Conley, Rudy Gay type uh, grit and grind. Marcus Gasol. Yeah, Marcus Gasol. I forgot Marcus Gasol. Um, yeah, and the what I feel like what he was able to do with this team was just very impressive, and it made the Grizzlies a fun team to watch. Um, this would be so the final test for Ja, honestly. If he could, if he could put if this he team can on pull his this back, out, man. If he can pull this out, and that's crazy. He's got to really pick it up. But uh, now he knows. like solidifies the rookie of the now year. Now he knows. I mean, he, it's I, all on him. Yeah. It is all on him, and yeah. it's basically him yeah. and Zion. You know, they're both trying to put their teams on their back and elevate them. Uh, Jaw has a little more heavy lifting to do with the the very tough schedule, but yeah, go ahead. Andy. Yeah, yeah, that schedule is real tough. Um, uh, I have a correction to make. Actually, they are zero and three in the. Oh, bubble, okay. But they're on a four game losing streak. But that's all. That's from way before. So yeah, my bad. Zero and three in the bubble. Every team has only played uh, at most three games, three games. right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, the team other than Jaw. I mean, there's what? There's Dylan Brooks. He's a uh, nice rookie, he's been right? Playing big. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brandon Clark. Uh, they're gonna need him to step up now that Jaron Jackson's out. But Josh Jackson, Josh Jackson, yeah, he's there. Um, they have Justice Winslow. As he's well. injured. He's injured. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like okay, this it sucks as this year they came so close, and I feel like it's gonna be real tough for them to hold on to that eight seed now. And even um, next I year, think, yeah, this is a good shot oh, yeah, for next them to year. get an eight seed. Yeah, I think they have the talent to definitely make the playoffs. Um, Next year, it's also going to be tough, but I think they can do it. Uh, you just got to remember that there's like one less playoff spot now that the Warriors will be good next year. Yeah. But so maybe there's just... going to be another team like the Warriors that, because we all had the Warriors penciled in for a playoff spot yeah. before the year. Yeah, exactly. Anything so, can happen. Anything can happen. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. <laughs> um, so, let's see. If Do you think that it's possible for the Grizzlies to either stay in the eighth seed or drop to at most the ninth seats and still have a chance to make the playoffs. I think I think they'll happening? be in, I think they'll be in the play in tournament with either the Blazers or the Pelicans. That's my prediction. Alright. Andy, what do you think? I think I think the Blazers hmm. no, I I think it's gonna be the Grizzlies Pelicans and I have the Pelicans winning that game. I don't know who's winning, but it'll be the same. I don't know. I think without Jared Jackson I'd be pretty worried if I was the Grizzlies. I mean yeah. they're only two games ahead of the Spurs. So, there is, a, like, um, I mean, let me look at their schedule, but... It's really without, bad. They're playing, like, the Celtics, the Thunder, uh, yeah, I mean, I the mean, Clippers in there. Without, all good playoff teams. All that, good playoff teams. Yeah, without Jared Jackson, like, it's going to be tough. They yeah, have to win playing, out of, what, five? They're playing Utah. They're playing Utah, Thunder, Raptors, Celtics, and Bucks. Yeah, I mean, unless, like, they... Maybe the Bucks are... Maybe the Bucks... Yeah, maybe players. they're resting. That's yeah. their only shot. Yeah. I mean, but really they've been the resting shot. this whole time, dude. No one's resting now. I mean, the Bucks might rest the, the last game before the playoffs. You never know. Yeah, I mean, they only need, like, either one slip-up from the Raptors or uh, one win over... I think they'll some, need at least... Uh, what is that? Six games? I think they'll need to win two to three to stay in the nine seed. I think that's... That's, that's five games. Five games? I think they'll need to five win games. two. They'll need to win at least two games to be in the nine seed. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, I think they have the tiebreaker. I think they, they I think, I think, I think they got one win, guaranteed. 
there's no way they go winless. And if Ja can put him on the back to get another win, you know, that props to him. Yeah. And then they got to win that other game against yeah, 8 or 9 seed whoever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. It's always so fun. lots of lots always of Always fun in the west. Here. Always fun out in the west. Can't say the same for the east. Yeah, we are the as evidenced by we're not even talking about it. <laughs> we're not even talking about it. <laughs> Can you imagine if the Warriors didn't have injuries this year? No, no, no. Here's what I was thinking. I yeah. was really thinking, like, um, imagine if, like, uh, Steph had, like, been healthy the entire year and they were in, like, one of these teams fighting for the eight seed. Uh, and then the bubble oh. happens and Clay Thompson comes back and the oh, Warriors are at full God. strength and they just tear through the playoffs for uh, the eight seed. Yeah, and then, like, oh, they, they, they beat the. Oh, you have yes. a Lakers Warriors matchup in round one? That would be And the Lakers no, just I mean, run the table. I mean, sorry, the Warriors just run the table. It would have been so much fun. The concept is if the Warriors weren't injured and they were, like, obviously, like, had a high seed, the no, Dallas map. I don't no, think like so. if they were healthy, if they're healthy. Like. But are you counting Clay? Because Clay is. Yeah, yeah I'm counting Clay. No, I'm just assuming. But Clay's injured. Healthy. No, I'm just saying. Assume they're healthy. Nah. Dallas would be the eighth seed. Like. Yeah. If the we're Dallas gonna, Mavericks yeah, are the eighth true. seed in a conference, what I mean, is going we're, on? We're just doing hypotheticals. Yeah. It's just sad. Yeah. I think a more interesting hypothetical, a more realistic hypothetical situation. would have been if Steph Curry stayed healthy and they actually tried. And they, they, were in, they were in contention, and then Clay Thompson came back. No, the point that, I'm trying to make is that if everyone's healthy in this conference, Dallas is the eighth seed. Yeah, that's that's a good point. This this conference yeah, is too yeah. stacked, dude. Yeah, because the Warriors take, like, a couple games off, like, the, um, the Mavericks. The entire and, league. Uh, and they take a couple games, yeah, <laughs> off the entire league, yeah. <laughs> but they were, like, 15 and 50 or whatever. That could have easily been, like, 30 and, 30 and 34 or something. Yeah, yeah something like that. probably. Okay, in like three, four years, um, who do you see John ja Morant as, like, someone currently? Um, I think his absolute floor is uh, an injured player <laughs> because of the way he plays his game. <laughs> <laughs> but his ceiling is like a Russell analysis. Westbrook. His ceiling is. A I mean, no, I mean his his player comp is literally Russell Westbrook, but I feel like he can shoot better. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, he just has yeah, to stay healthy. So. He has to start hanging out to the rim healthy. or something, man. Someone got to oh, teach dude, his Dude, his one hit, one-legged landings are scary. They're scary, man. man. Yeah, it's poor, poor decisions. Do you think his one? Like, dude, imagine Zion's one-legged like, jumps. Yeah, that's true as well. Yeah. Yeah. Zion's is not. I don't know, man. Zion is like he's not human though. I don't. They both have. They both have concerns. They both have valid yeah, concerns. They both do. Jaw, jaw. Yeah. I feel like jaws are more accentuated because Zion. You, you can't do anything. He's like two hundred eighty pounds and six six. He's gonna have problems. But jaw can like jaw has fixable problems. You know, learn how to land. Learn how to hang on to the rim. Yeah. These are all learnable I think, traits. Yeah. I think his. I think his ceiling is a better shooting Russell Westbrook. Dude, that's like an insane athlete. That's the most insane. No, I know. I know. I think he's a great playmate. I think he'll be. I think he can be even a better playmaker than Russ. I think you guys are under MS, underestimating how, how how good Russell Westbrook is. Russell he Westbrook is, is very very good. I know, but we're saying in two or three years or whatever in the future. I mean, this yeah. is his first season. After, he's a this is his rookie year, yeah. And he's already doing this as a rookie. Like he's nuts. All right, come That's see what, me in three years. The future years. is bright. The future is bright in the West. Yes. All right. Um. So that's our eight seed discussion. Very uh in depth. And I think we all kind of hope that the Pelicans... Well, I hope the Grizzlies can hold it out, but I don't think they can. Uh, so my second pick is the Pelicans. I think everybody kind of wants the Pelicans so we can get that Zion versus LeBron matchup. Um, yep. That'd be sick. Yep. So, so much um, 
let's transition over to uh, Rohit's kind of little – a new way of thinking of the league's MVP. So you want to explain Yeah, that? so yeah. Uh, I've, I've had this thought for a while. That when, every time I watch, like, these first takes and all that kind of stuff, and they're talking about, like, oh, this player's not really the MVP because, you know, he's not even the best player on his own team, especially during the Steph heyday. They were talking about, like, oh, if you take Steph off the team, he's not an MVP because his team is still really good or whatever. But that's not what I always saw the MVP as. I saw the MVP of the league to be, to the NBA, which player is carrying the the narrative of the league for this season. Um, when Russell Westbrook was on his revenge tour, yeah, he maybe wasn't the best player, but he had the most interesting story. He was bawling out every night, and he was must-see content. But that's not necessarily the most valuable to their team. Russell Westbrook's style of play and his statistical production was not necessarily conducive to winning. So my definition for most value was a little more literal, whereas if, which team is most directly responsible for their – which player is most res- directly responsible for the success of their team? So that is so, the prompt. Yeah, in short, what is – what player is most valuable to their team, uh, and also just keep into consideration how good the team actually is. Yep. Uh, so, Rod, it's your your criteria, so why don't you start us off? My guy is Chris Paul, man. This guy, counted out by everyone, including me. I always I always have a soft spot for, you know, short guys that have a competitive streak, because that is me. And that is Chris, Chris Paul as well. And he, he took the Thunder, a team that many had written off. Uh, he, he was sent there to die by the Rockets with a huge contract and no way of getting out of it. But he he's he's in his element right now with the, with the very methodical um, place he can play point guard. He couldn't really play point guard in the, in the Rocket system because the Rocket system is James Harden-led. And James Harden requires a very specific set of skills, and uh, I feel like Chris Paul is just a glorified 3 and D player there. But here on the Thunder, with the team built to his strengths, he can pro be methodical, and then when it comes down to clutch games, and the, the Thunder are doing very well in clutch games, uh, he can he can always get a bucket or make the right decision. And that's a guy that's elevating. He's he's a maximizer. He's been a maximizer his entire career, and I think that's uh, he's doing really well this season. So go Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul for sure underrated. Yeah, I mean in the beginning of the season they started off doing a lot better than the Rockets. That was pretty insane yeah. to me, considering I mean, they're, they're traded like the him. Right? Or the five seed. Right now they're six. They're the six seed right now. They're like, but they're like, yeah, like they're they're the really, yeah, so they're, like, they're essentially really they're essentially that. tied with the Rockets, and that yeah. that's something yeah. no one saw coming. And I think that's directly attributed to Chris Paul's leadership, his uh his, his veteran experience, and his playmaking style. So, right, yeah, yeah. I feel like Dennis Schroeder and uh, SGA are both playing pretty well because of Chris Paul's mentorship yep. and his his veteran experience, as as you kind of just mentioned. So, I can see that, but I. Uh, if you guys have nothing else to talk about, or yeah, go ahead. If, do you guys have any more? Yeah, I want to talk about Luca. Um, so Luca, I mean, we all we all know him. He's the international darling. Um, <laughs> uh, number like, was the number three pick from the Hawks got traded for Trey Young. Um, both doing pretty well in their uh, teams, but uh right now luca is leading the mavs to probably one of the greatest offensive seasons of all time uh and it's not necessarily because of their uh pace i think they're 17th in the league in pace or something like that and their offensive rating is through the roof uh i i think it's um it's just a little bit off like the showtime lakers which is like insane uh insane team to be compared to they've already the beat place. the kd uh, warriors 
I think so. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and that, yeah, that team was like we we thought that team was like the best ever uh, on Boston Juggernaut. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like just looking at the way Luca plays, like you see him putting up triple doubles every single what feels like every single night. Uh, but I feel like that that doesn't even tell the whole story of how good of a player he is. Like he's so smart with the ball. Um, he, he I, I feel like he rarely ever turns the ball over. He just knows what to do with the ball, with positioning. Um, I think without him, like the the Mavs would not be in the position they are right now. He elevates that team so much because he drives and he finds like open shooters in the corner wherever he I feel like he always makes the right decision and like elevates that team so much I think the the only yeah. place that Luca has to go as we mentioned before is clutch and I have a, a better metric for it this time uh, they have a offensive rating of 115.8 overall like you mentioned that is the number mm-hmm. one of all time but in clutch situations mm-hmm. within five points in the final five minutes their offensive rating falls to 93.9 which would be second worst in the league this season and that maybe comes from you know a team that as a young, young, young player, that he's 21 and meshing with Kristaps uh, Porzingis for the first time, really. Uh, it's still a young uh, team that hasn't really been put together, but that would definitely be the next step for Luka to really maximize his team. Yeah, I I don't see him going down from here. I mean, yeah, I agree. Uh, his, game is, his game is not based on athleticism at all. Like, it's about change of speed. Uh, efficiency and he's not really going to lose a step when he's like 22 23 yeah he'll be like, fine he'll be fine the, yeah this the ceiling is the moon for him honestly sky's not the limit the you mean <laughs> not even the sky anymore man it's the, the moon. moon he's out he's in outer space yes i mean yeah this is like the best anyone can be for their second year in the league i mean yeah i mean he's he's in the conversation with like you think of what top top three top or top five players this season like yeah, he, he's, he's a superstar. I think he's like honestly MVP candidate. He was. Yeah, he, he, was, was he was in the contest. And he's yeah. a second year. It's, yeah. All right. So you were talking about a player who doesn't need to rely on his athleticism. Well, uh, <laughs> let me introduce you to a man named Nikola Jokic. My pick for this. Um, I wanted to put emphasis on the team. Really, we wanted to talk about not only the player elevating the team, but the team itself being huge. Um, the Nuggets are currently the third seed in the West, which is no uh, easy task. I think Jokic is, like we said before, uh, he's a unicorn. Like, this dude is, you just look at him and you wonder, how can he do the things that he does? On this stage. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like his, obviously, like, he's he's an efficient scorer. He's he's a big man who can make it, who can get it done, like, with his size. But to me, the most impressive thing, and I feel like to most people, is his, his passing. Um, just looking at some stats about the, the Nuggets, uh, they are top five in assist percentage. They are number three in assist to turnover uh, ratio. They're almost at two assists per turnover. Um, and their assist ratio is 19, which is number two in the league. Um, not only that, their rebounding is huge. Their offensive rebounding is number three in the league. Their defensive rebounding um, is not as good. But the offensive rebounding is is pretty huge, uh, and Nikola Jokic himself is averaging a double double in points and rebounds. So he's doing everything that you want from a big man, in addition to Playing basically <laughs> seven assists per game. Yeah. Like we just talked yeah. about how they can put him out of point guard, and like how can you stop this dude when he's coming at you? He's like what? How how big is he? He's like seven something. He's seven one. Yeah, he is. Uh, 
you want you want a you want an interesting stat right here. He is one of two seven footers in NBA history to average at least seven assists per game at any point in his career. So last season he averaged seven point three. This season he's averaging six point nine. So that just shows of how unique like yeah. unique this guy is. Like does he you don't get a player like this. Um, I just think it's super special watching him play, and it's just, it's just fun to watch, man. He's he's a funny. It's just so funny just watching these guys get sauced up by Jokic. My dad so bought good. The way so he just good. contorts his body. Yeah, it's so good. Around everyone. And just... He sees the game differently, which is really nice. Yeah, it's nice. All right, Ishis, right. what you got? Ishis, yeah. let's wrap it up with um, your pick. Yeah, in terms of direct impact, um, I definitely see that in Jimmy Butler. Uh, in the past, he definitely had issues with the Timberwolves and the 76ers. And when it came to free agency... I was a little bit surprised that he chose to go to the Heat. I mean, I didn't see much potential there in what they had. But the instant impact that he brought was just ridiculous. I mean, everyone just started playing better with him being there. The culture change was huge. You know, like, Hero and Nunn, like, some rookies that are just playing a lot better than people expected. And Jimmy Butler, is some guy, is he's a guy that you can impact, like, all phases of the game. Like, defensively, offensively, he can rebound. And just to put it, um, last year the Heat were 10th in the Eastern Conference, and this year they're now 4th. So that's literally direct impact from Jimmy Butler. So yeah, I, I think mean, he fits in really well with that team. I mean, he's right. got a hard-nosed pit bull mentality, and Eric Spolstra loves those kinds of guys, the hard workers. And he just, he just throughout his career, even when he was having the troubles, I mean, he took the Timberwolves to the playoffs, where I think he, they, they did really well with him for like the first time in yeah. forever. And then he did really well in the Sixers. They were a, they were a threat. They just got bounced by uh, Kawhi Leonard and his bouncing. But um, yeah, so everywhere he goes, he wins. I'm a huge fan of Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and even when he was in Chicago, uh, he developed in Chicago. Him and Derrick Rose, if if that panned out, that would have been nasty. Yep. Um, yeah, and like you said, he he's just a winner everywhere he goes. Like I, I like I don't care if. He's arguing with his teammates he just or wants like to win. throwing a tantrum during practice. He just wants to win, and I completely respect that. Like that's something you just have to do if you want to win. I feel like the problem was be, like, he was um, he was just too he was so much more competitive than his teammates that it just yeah, yeah. they just did, you look like, at you look at Carl Anthony Towns, and I, I know this is just armchair psychology, but like he doesn't he doesn't seem as you know competitive <laughs> as Jimmy Butler. Just like right, just right. like just to just put my opinion out there. And Jimmy Butler, you can see the fire and the fight in his eyes. And then Carl Anthony Towns is just moping around, you know. Yeah. He was moping cents. around with Embiid, man. My two cents. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, but in that sense, the move to Miami definitely makes sense if you look back now. Cause, like, he just wants his own team, yeah. Definitely Pat Riley's, like, motto of just grinding yeah. it out, right? And Jimmy's definitely that type of guy. Yeah. And I feel like the improvement of Bam uh, might be – there's some of Jimmy's impact right there. Uh, if you taught him, you know how to how to be a dog on defense, uh, and probably improved the offensive game a little bit. So that that veteran leadership coming into play as well. Yeah, I really want to see how they do in the playoffs against teams that have better rosters. Yep. But yeah. It's a great way to put it. Yeah. I think they beat the Celtics today, actually. Right. No, um, I mean, I definitely I knew they were going to beat the Celtics. Like, there was no doubt in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Especially in a scrimmage. I mean, like in a scrimmage game, like definitely. Yeah, I feel like in a scrimmage. Game. No, yeah, I mean well, like I mean, in a. These guys aren't really playing for much right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of locked in. I feel. Yeah. 
Well, TJ, I guess the seating TJ, isn't locked in. TJ yeah. Warren. I mean, they're going to probably TJ play Warren the doing his best. They're probably yeah. going to play the Pacers. It's just a matter of who gets home court in the bubble. It doesn't really matter. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true, honestly. There's not that much to play for. It's just who who you play now. Right. I mean, maybe, I maybe get back um, into shape. Right. Always want to get yeah, back into playing I guess, shape. Yeah, the, the gel. I think the most important part is to gel to, altogether. And, like, yeah. if you look at the 76ers now, what, last year they were third in the east and now they dropped to the sixth so like yeah direct impact direct impact that's the name of the game with all these players that is going to do it for us uh hope you all enjoyed our first nba episodes we're going to be putting out more of these as the bubble continues as the playoffs start um next up we'll probably start talking about our playoff predictions championship predictions something about something about that um But that's for a later episode. Until then, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. See ya!